going to hand it over to my better half to bring the Word of God this morning. If you want to all stand and we can pray together and um, open that up. Hi, church. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I've got this question I want to ask you. I haven't written it down, but it's just in my head right now. If you were getting ready, right, to face a giant taller than this roof, if you were getting ready right now, what would you be doing? If you were preparing yourself, if you knew it was coming, is that, is that where you are right now? Is that what you're bringing me, is that what you're bringing the church? Is that what you're bringing God right now? I want us, hopefully this sermon will help us get amped up. Because <laughs> I, I believe that this 2021 Imagine Day, we're, that we're like, we're taking on a giant. And we're starting with our mentality and we're, we're building our faith. I want to start amping up in this place, starting with right now. You know, normally we do, normally we do a scream to get started the service. <laughs> Are you with me? There's a, there's a giant to be fought. There's giants in this community to be fought. And 2021 Imagine Day, this is our collective effort. That's the stone we're going to sling. I want to get pumped in this place for this. Let's build the faith in this place. So on the count of three, let's give a big roar and amp ourselves up a little bit. One, two, three. Jesus! Jesus! Woo! Jesus! Woo! Lord, we declare MacArthur for you, God. We declare that no giant dare stand against your church in Jesus' name. No giant dare stand against Jesus. Lord, we know you are so much bigger than this circumstance. You are so much bigger than the trial, Father. Lord, that giant will be quaking. That enemy will be retreating, Father, and we believe it, Father. We have faith for it today, Father. Lord, convict our hearts, stir our spirits, Father. Lord, we want to be giant killers in this place, Father. We want to conquer MacArthur for you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now I got you all worked up. Grab a seat. Today's sermon is about Jesus in our community, and I've, it's titled, What You Gonna Do About It? It's the third week of, I've just got to go through a few um, things just so we're all on the same page. It's the third week of the City Church's Imagine campaign. Now, I'm aware that there's a lot of new faces in the place. Uh, so, uh, I wanted to just check in how you're all going with Imagine and how you're all understanding it. I'm sure by now you're aware that Imagine is an annual vision casting and accompanied by an annual stewardship offering. Um, and the focus of this is to advance the kingdom of God. The focus of Imagine is to see MacArthur one for Jesus, see all the community one for Jesus. We give globally, we give nationally, we give locally. Now, the overarching theme of it, um, of this whole year and of 2021 Imagine, is Forever Jesus. And the tagline is everything for him. So thus far with our Sunday services, we've been talking about Imagine every week. And we've covered Jesus in our lives, Jesus in our church, and today is Jesus in our community. On the first week, Pastor Sheree preached Jesus in our lives. Who was here for that? Where'd, where'd all the enthusiasm go? <laughs> um, yeah, so Pastor Shree preached Jesus in our lives. 
Yeah, thank you. And she really focused in on the role of moral goodness and how when Jesus comes into our lives, he comes bearing good gifts. He comes bearing good fruit, something that's called spiritual fruit, which essentially is Jesus starting to convict our spirit, starting to recreate us in his image and starting to bring in moral goodness. Great. Jesus in our lives. So important. And then last week, we had the Leadership Academy do a takeover service. Um, and my apologies, I was really sick for that. And um, I heard that Jesus in the church wasn't really talked about too much. But it, however, from my understanding, it was demonstrated. That from a leadership takeover service, we had here a bunch of young people. We had here a bunch of people who are incredibly enthusiastic and willing to study ministry. <laughs> willing to give their very best. And so it was demonstrated that Jesus is in our church. Discipleship is happening in City Church, and we are seeing great fruit coming through. Now, today is Jesus in our community, and I'll, I'll circle back around to that in a second. This year, we're giving globally to the churches in Tonga and Egypt. Next year, from City Church, uh, a team of people will go over to Tonga. And I believe that two or three of us here today will be amongst that team. Any faith in the place for that? So if, if you're looking to get a heart for the global church, if you're looking to have your vision expanded, then consider going to Tonga next year. I'd love to see that. I believe that some of us here today will go to Tonga next year and we'll take a great energy and we'll be blessed by them and we'll bless them. That would be so encouraging. <sighs> Nationally, we're giving to INC's Global Care, which uh, supports the bushfire relief and supports all of those things, which I know that aren't talked about much in the media anymore, but are still issues. Australia is still reeling from some of those things. Locally... <laughs> We're also giving towards mental health and improving the kids and family facilities here at this church. Namely, we are wanting to put another level on this church. <laughs> yes, thank you, John. That's what I'm talking about. So just a quick update. I've contacted um, the owners of the building and they've expressed their support for the project. Yes. So that's first round of permissions. Now we're moving on to consulting a certifier so that we can lodge a request to council. So we're moving it along. And I just want to be honest about my vision, about our vision here, the team's vision, City Church's vision. Um, you know, I don't care about if we go up or if we go out. It, that doesn't really, like... Sometimes I know it's a bit frustrating for people because I like, uh, when, I, when I see the way that Jesus is and I see that when Jesus thought about things and he thought in the spirit and he spoke in the spirit. And so when, he was to, when Jesus would talk about food, he would talk about spiritual food. And when Jesus would talk about a building, he'd talk about a spiritual building. So what our physical building looks like, you know, it's important, but exceedingly more than that, I care about the spirit of this church. And I care about the heart of this church and the eagerness of this church to step out, to leap out into your calling, to leap out in faith, to believe for miracles, to actually be invested in church. I care about your heart and God cares about your heart. 
So when I talk about the building, when I talk about the building, I'm talking about the Spirit. I care about eagerness to volunteer, step out in our calling. I believe that the growth of this church, you know, we talk about growing. We pray about growing. I believe that it starts in our mindset. I believe that we need to expand our vision. And expanding our vision means we need to hear vision. And hearing vision means we need to accept vision. It always shocks me when people in a church environment, they say, I don't know what the vision of the church is. The vision of the church is talked about every Sunday, one way or another. It's talked about in the scripture, but it's especially shared from the hearts of the leaders. Sometimes, sometimes it's the leader not communicating properly. Sometimes it's the people refusing to hear. It's refusing to accept. Grab a hold of this vision. It belongs to you too. You are co-owners. There is ownership in this place. And the vision that we are talking about is about homes, is about families, is about the community. It's about going up a level. That's about you. Grab a hold of that. Make that yours. Pray for that. Put that on your wall. Believe something for that. We're a people, we are Christians, we are people who believe for things, right? We believe in God, we believe for things. We refuse to accept a fallen, small world. We were created, the the statement for INC, which I love, the statement is born for more. You were born for more. More than this world will ever tell you. You were born for more, I want more. Oh, more in Jesus' name. Let me ask you this, right? You know how like sometimes, you know, you're either at the lights or you're in the car park and you just rev the car? You just, well, maybe it's just me. But maybe it's just maybe those hoons or you've seen someone do it. And you know, like, and sometimes, you know, you just rev it a bit too far. Or sometimes you get a taste for it and, you know, you go all the way, pedal to the metal. And you hear, you hear that engine roar. Who's heard an engine roar? And sometimes it's surprisingly loud. I know that the motorbike people in the church know what I'm talking about. Because they're always hooning around. You know, it can be 2 a.m. in the morning and you hear a motorbike go by and you're like, what are you doing? You know, like people are sleeping. They don't care. They care more about that engine roar than they do about the comfort of the other people. What about, uh, last thing, last thing, what about when you're on a straight and narrow country road and no one's around (laughs) and that dial just creeps up and up and up? No, I'm not going to call the cops, you know, you're safe here, you're safe. But there's something, there is something enticing, there is something freeing about just seeing how far something can go, right? Pushing something to the limit. And uh, to me, that's what, 2021 imagine is all it's all about I want to see what's under the hood here I want to experience what is inside City Church MacArthur I want you to let it out I want you to burst with the faith in your testimony I want you to have that spring and well up and spring outside you like the scripture says it will that's the attitude I want coming into 2021 imagine See, God knows when I've seen what's inside this place, God knows I've caught glimpses of greatness. Every, a lot of people, when they come here, they say, this place won't be able to contain you. 
you are a big church inside a small shell. <laughs> That's what a lot of people feel. Look, I, people, are, they're nodding, you know, like they're, they're with that. They get that. I love that. This year around 2021, imagine, let's surprise one another. It's so nice, you know, when life becomes predictable, when I get too familiar with my own reflection, I get bored. <laughs> life gets boring. I don't want to live a boring life. I want to, let's surprise one another. Let's surprise our own selves. Let's push this thing to the limit. How far can we take City Church MacArthur? How excited can we be? How much can we, you know, we've called it everything for him. Let's do it. Let's actually do it. <laughs> that excites me. I, I just want to get, I want to get so excited about this thing, you know, that we, we, we don't get pushed from the nest. We jump from the nest, you know. <laughs> it's not like, let's see if we can fly. It's like, that guy's crazy. <laughs> Kamikaze, you know. Oh, that's good. Now, most imagined days, we raise about $15,000, somewhere around there, 10 to 15. About that, yeah. One year, I think 14. Now, in order to raise the roof on this place... Put in a second floor, we're going to need about $50,000. So that's about three times our normal offering, thereabouts, maybe more. And listen, all right, I know what you're thinking. It's just too easy. <laughs> Pour a little more water on it. <laughs> Give the giant a few more chickens, you know, let him like, increase in scale, right? Everything God needs to grow this church is right here, right now. God does not make mistakes. The scripture promises that Jesus will build his church. Jesus will build his church. You're not here by mistake. You are what is needed in this place to take us to the next level. For such a time as this, for such a time as this, it's going to be too easy to do this. And see, that's why I love you, MacArthur, because uh, your enthusiasm is insatiable. <laughs> The enthusiasm in this place, you might not even, you might be sitting there saying, oh, is that true? <laughs> I'm telling you, it is true because I've caught glimpses of it. And when I catch glimpses of it, I'm like, that's a wildfire. That's going to spread. You know, a spark, just, a, just a, a whiff of that and this whole place is going to light up, that enthusiasm. You know, we talk about, once again, we talk about spreading the gospel. We talk about salvations. You know what's going to get it is that joy and enthusiasm. It's that vision. It's that bigness. You don't need to be small. The bigness of Jesus is inside you. Let it out. Let it out. Oh, okay, let's pray. Oh, God, we love you so much, Father. We thank you, Father, for how big you are, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for that we are a part of this church, that we are a part of Imagine, Lord. We just want to partner with you on what you are doing, God. Lord, we can feel it in this place. We feel the enthusiasm in the Spirit, Father. And Lord, just help us be a part of it. Help us catch a hold of it, Father. Amen. So part three of Imagine, Jesus in the community, aka what you're going to do about it. And let me ask you first that if Jesus visited the MacArthur, where would he go? I put Eljana. That's just me. <laughs> You've got to go to Eljana. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. 
where else? Luke 2 will help. Jesus' parents had really made a mess of things. They'd gone and lost our mini Messiah. <laughs> who's, who's lost their child before? <laughs> now, now th- that's bad, you know. So I can't, I can't appease you of your guilt, parents. Sorry. That's bad. But this is really bad, you know. In, in your defense, they lost the Messiah. <laughs> They had one job, you know, like all of history. That was the most important thing. They lost the Messiah. But when, um, when they did find Jesus three days later, he promptly inform, informs them, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Luke 2.49. What's the father's business? To heal the sick raise the dead and proclaim the good news to the poor. Of course, right? Of course, we all know that. That's the Father's business. Perhaps a better question is this. How do we invite Jesus into our community? Rather than saying, where is Jesus? Maybe we should say, how do we invite Jesus? Now, here's something you need to know about Jesus. Jesus doesn't like to toot his own horn. Do you know that about him? Jesus likes to be announced. Before Jesus was born, no, before Jesus began his ministry, it was prophesied that a voice crying out of the desert, right? Why? Because Jesus likes to be announced. Hence Jesus sending out the 12 and the 72 into the community. Two by two, he sent them ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Let this shift your mindset. I feel like a lot of Christians, like sometimes we say, you know, God will go before us. That's true too. But you play a role in this. See, Jesus sent out the 12 and he sent out the 72 so that they could announce the arrival of Jesus. You know, Jesus may go there with or without your announcement, but he also might not. This is really important because I believe that when we testify, when we witness, when we take Jesus out into the community and we announce him, it's like rolling out a spiritual red carpet. It's very enticing for Jesus. That when we express that faith, that he wants to go there. He wants to, he doesn't want to see the words of his people, the faith of his people drop to the ground. He does not want to shame you in your faith. He wants to raise you up. He wants to increase your influence. He's given you that access for a reason. And so let your testimony, let your faith create space for Jesus to do his work. Announce him. Let people know before you even have the certainty of it, say, Jesus is coming. He is going to break through in your circumstance. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but it is going to be amazing and it is going to be regenerative and it is going to be good because that is my good God. We announce that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. John 5 confirms this yet again. It tells us that the Word, that God the Father, that the Holy Spirit, that John the Baptist and Jesus' works, they all testify to His truth. 
And hearing all this, it shouldn't come as any surprise. Jesus asks you to testify. Matthew 16, 15. What about you? Who do you say Jesus is? There's no hiding in that statement. There's no amening and that's all. I agree. It's beyond I agree. It's a declaration. Who do you say Jesus is? Go and tell people who you say Jesus is. Go and announce him. You take him with you. You take that faith with you. Faith, it's like the red carpet. It ushers Jesus into your circumstance. Hence, on several occasions that Jesus exhorts his followers, he says, you know what? Your faith has healed you. I didn't even need to do very much. You stepped out, but it is your faith that has healed you. I find that so exciting. That's partnering with Jesus for a miracle, that your faith can partner with Jesus to achieve something. Your faith can heal you. Your faith can heal others. Your faith can change MacArthur. Your faith can grow this church. Your faith can have you stepping up, stepping out, being those things you always wished you could be. Your faith, yours, not someone else's, yours, your faith. Your faith. (laughs) Let's dig a bit deeper. Following Israel's emancipation from slavery to Egypt, they returned to the promised land. I'm sure you've heard about the promised land. Now, since we've established that Jesus likes to be announced and preceded by faith, he asked Moses to send into the promised land spies who find the land amazing. It's amazing. But it is occupied, and it is occupied by giants nonetheless. So should we be very surprised to find MacArthur occupied? No. MacArthur is occupied. The promises of Jesus, they are occupied. So should we give up? Should we apologize for our existence? Should we shrivel back? Should we retreat back to the desert and wander nothingness? The promises of Jesus are occupied. We need to fight for the promises. This is spiritual warfare. No land is claimed in the spirit that is not fought for. And they're going to be giants. It's going to look impossible. It's going to seem as impossible as putting another story on this, filling two services. 100 kids, it's going to feel impossible. Those promises are occupied, but we can do it. We've surveyed the land. We can do it. Everything we need we've got, we can do it. Sorry, this is going to be a bit preachy today. Go with me. God's promises must be seized. Matthew eleven twelve. the kingdom of God is to be seized. Luke 18, 8. The persistent widow has her petition granted. She sees the day. She took the promise. Southwest for Jesus. Come on. West is blessed. If it rhymes, got to be true. Someone put that on a shirt. There might be giants, but we're giant hunters in this place. They'll be scared before all is said and done. 
See, sure, we come in peace, but peace to a violent man is an act of warfare. To the devil that wants to steal your peace, to the devil that wants to breed confusion, to breed violence, when you come bearing peace, the prince of peace comes with a two-edged sword. We are sharp. We are cutting. We carve a path. We have clarity that is unnerving to those that are in a fog of confusion, that are so fluid that they're a puddle on the floor. The church, oh, we've got so much to give, but we cannot retreat. No, we cannot retreat. See, we're not, we're not like them. If you don't want to be different, I'm sorry you are. We're not like them. We're not bound in our sin. We're not bound in our death. We're not bound in our confusion. No, we're not. We are not under Satan's foot. Like Joshua 10, 24 we place our foot on Satan's neck. That's what Joshua had them do when they went into the promised land. He had them place their foot on the neck of the kings so that the slave mentality, the lesser mentality, the smallness in them could finally be cast out of them. I don't want to see smallness in the church anymore. I don't like in the mentality of the church. That's what I'm talking about here. And for those that have carried that, you know who you are. Our foot is on Satan's neck. We're no longer slaves to this world, no longer slaves to sin. We're conquerors, we're victorious, we're sons and daughters of God. We've got to believe that. We've got to believe that, or we're never going to jump from the nest. We're never going to claim the land. We need that enthusiasm. I was talking to Chris before uh, the service started today, and I was recalling a time, a younger time in my life, when I used to try and do a backflip on the trampoline. And I'll tell you this about the trampoline, that if you're trying to do a backflip, that there can be no hesitation. (laughs) The reason I no longer try and do backflips is because the hesitation got me, the fear got me. And that's fine when it comes to trampolines. You know, some of you might be like, oh, coward, that's fine. It's fine, you know, call me a coward in the flesh. I'm cool with that, but I'm not fine with being a coward in the spirit. I'm not fine with hesitation in the spirit. And you might be like, well, why are we doing a (laughs) backflip? Who cares? I just want people to see Jesus. You know what? You see someone do a backflip and you're going to look. I want this whole community to be witness to what Jesus is going to do in this place. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I just want them to see Jesus. I just want souls saved. I just want unity. I just want goodness. I just want the promises. I'm not going to let some little giants get in the way of seizing it. We are not cowards. We are brave. Amp yourself up for this backflip, church. Come on. You're with me. I can feel it. More than conquerors. We refuse to give up the ground we've taken. We will not forfeit our freedom. We will not apologize for our salvation. We will not deny our Jesus. There's no beating around the burning bush that claiming ground, it is an act of spiritual warfare. 
that when we claim space, that means that other people, that the enemy cannot claim that space. He can criticize us all he wants. Look, we're talking about the promised land here. Let's talk about real life. Let's talk about Israel and Palestine and the war that's going on and that there is a promised land that is still being contested. And the same is true for the church. That the promises of the church within a fallen world, they are still being contested. But we are not going to apologize. We're not going to deny that this is, this is a blessing and this is conquest all at once. That goodness and evil cannot occupy the same space. That light and darkness, they cannot occupy the same space. And people might ask us to apologize and people might say, you're a Christian, you're pathetic, you're weak. All of those things, you don't get a voice. They will try and tell you that. But we will not retreat. We will not apologize. The light and the goodness that we are advancing in them is for the benefit of everybody. It is not to be apologized. It is to be glorified. Jesus is not to be denied. He is to be held up so that all the nations can see and all the nations can come. This is the war. This is a war. I'm blowing a trumpet. Today, this is my trumpet bly, blow, bly, whatever that is. Blast. Blast, got it wrong. An expansion of our church is an invasion of the world. More than that, it's a release of heaven. It's an unleash of your faith, your faith. And it's going to bring new life. It's going to bring goodness. You know what? You are a blessing. You are a blessing. When you take Jesus somewhere, you bless that place. You're not depression. You're not anxiety. You're not worthless. You're not your darkest moment. You are a blessing. <laughs> You're a blessing. You're going to take that blessing into places. Jesus is going to give you access. He's going to give you a way in. And you're going to bless that giant down. <laughs> David used a stone. You're going to use love. You're going to conquer with love. The unlovable. The zombies, the walking dead. You're going to love them back alive. Jesus loved the unlovable. He brought life where no one thought it was possible. He cared for those people that no one thought had anything in them. And they went on to change the world. They went on to tell you and me. That's why we're here. Because a bunch of nobodies did a, a whole lot of something. <laughs> and if they can do it, I'm telling you, if a bunch of fishermen with no people skills, <laughs> they had to be taught to become fishers of men. If they can do it, we can do it. You know, if anything, we're probably a little bit too big. Our church is probably a little bit too big. <laughs> I'm not telling you that to confuse you. I'm telling that to encourage you. For those people who are like, oh, no, we've got to hold on to people. There is a war. God doesn't need a big army. He just needs the right army and the right heart. That's what I'm saying. That is what I am saying. That is what I am saying. And I can feel in this place, I can feel in your spirit, I can feel in your heart that it's getting there. That the attitude and the enthusiasm is getting there. That it, 
When we are like that, we will march upon much bigger armies with no fear. With no fear. Once Goliath fell in that battle, David and Goliath, everyone knows it, the childhood story. Once that giant fell, nothing had really changed except that the giant had fell and that every single person in that army said, you know what, I'm going to fell a giant too. (laughs) And then they pushed them back. The enemy fled. The enthusiasm in this place, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a blessing. Turn to him again and say, thanks for having my back. MacArthur's just so lucky to have us. So lucky. Allow me to quote Brother Kanye. We got the product. We got the tools. We got the minds. We got the youth. We going wild. We on the loose. People is lying. We are the truth. Everything old now shall become new. The leaves will be green, but bearing the fruit. Love God and our neighbor is written in Luke, the army of God, and we are the truth. So no, we're not giving up. We're not slowing down. We're not looking back. 2021, imagine it's a trumpet call. It is a trumpet blast. Thank you very much. Joel 2, 3 to 5, before them fire devours, behind them a flame blazes. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, behind them a desolate waste. Nothing escapes them. What I love about this verse is that Eden is before them. Whatever is behind us is a desolate waste. It's not even worth looking back for unless you like becoming a pillar of salt. But what is before us is Eden. What is before us is prophecy. What is before us is the promises of God. And that is Eden. That is relationship with God. We advance into that. We advance into Eden. We advance into heaven. Forget what's back there. We advance. Micah 2, 12 to 13. The breaker goes up before them. And so they break out. The breaker's prophecy. And so they break out. They pass through the gate and they go out by it. And so the king goes on before them and the Lord at their head. See, you don't need to lead the charge. You just need to break the door open so that Jesus can come in. That's what that says. The breaker goes before them. You just announce him. You just kick the door open and then you let Jesus do the work. That's what that means. i too excited. Joshua 20, 24, 13. And so I gave you a land on which you did not toil, cities you did not build, and you live in them and you eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. You may not, we may not have built MacArthur, but sure as heaven, we're going to give everything in order to seize it for Jesus. Seize it for Jesus. Don't you want to see Jesus as the king of MacArthur? I'm not going to apologize to people, you know. I'm not going to apologize when all of these businesses become Christian businesses. When the only thing that's talked about on the streets is Jesus. When all that we see all around us is Jesus. We're not going to apologize for that. We are going to revel in it. That will be a glorious day. So many people say, you're destroying our culture. We're not destroying your culture. We're resurrecting true culture. We're restoring your purpose. We're restoring your health. We're blessing you. I'm not going to buy into what they're saying. I'm not going to let them cancel Jesus because they're offended by it. 
you know what? Light offends darkness. You took my darkness away. Stop clinging on to darkness. Stop nursing your wounds. Stop nursing your death and your offense. Claim the life. Seize the day. Seize the life. So how are we going to seize it? All right. I'm going to run out of time, and you already knew that. So let's just talk practically for a second. How are we going to seize it? We're going to move now from aspiration to logistics. 1 Corinthians 15, 46 says, The Spirit did not come first. First came your natural body, and after that, your spiritual body. You've all experienced this. You were fallen. You were hell-bound, and you have now become a spiritual body. You've been restored. You've been resurrected. Now, this is something I love about Jesus is that he meets people at their need. When you read about who Jesus was, he meets people at their need. Jesus feeds the 5,000. He meets a Samaritan woman at the well. She needed water. Uh, He heals. Jesus is arguably a literal embodiment of of our need for a human interface with an invisible and impossible and enormous God. We couldn't understand God. We needed a human interface. He meets us at our need. We are in a sinful, broken world. We need a Savior. Need is a powerful motivator, wouldn't you say? Need is an entryway for the lost into the church. Now, when Esau... Just go with me with these stories. Now, when Esau... Two brothers, when Esau was hungry after hunting, he was so hungry, so exhausted and so hungry, he willingly sold his birthright for a meal. He felt that he needed a meal. Now, he sold his birthright. So uh, suffice to say that he might have accepted Jesus for a meal. Do you hear what I'm saying? A reversal here. The need had led him to do something wrong, but that need can lead you to do something right. The need can lead you to accept Jesus. Quite often, salvation begins with the need, and it goes from there. Now, Jesus isn't a handout. He's not the doll. He is disciplined. That's why he has disciples, because Jesus is a discipline. We are disciplined in following him. We've come to Jesus in our need, but we stay because we experience the move of the Spirit. We experience the goodness of God. We experience an irresistible calling to become a part of this thing. We come in the need, but we stay for the goodness. Now, back to City Church MacArthur. We need an upgrade to our facilities. We need bigger, safer, and more dynamic spaces for kids and families in our community that haven't yet encountered the goodness of God, that haven't yet made that decision, that know that they have a bunch of needs but don't know that they love Jesus yet. Does that make sense? Some people are in that place, and what they need is just the facilities not to get in the way. They just need a Christian to have the hindsight to bless them for a need they might not even know they have. I can tell you that as a father, that although I love my family, it comes with a lot of stress. And that anyone that blesses my family to relieve some of that stress, I'm willing to allow Granny to give my kids a lot of lollies. 
to have the news on in the background. I'm willing to abide some of those things because I'm so desperate for a break. I've got a need. I'm willing to let the gospel be preached to my kids because I need a break. I'm speaking there from a non-Christian's perspective. I believe we will reach families and that they will tolerate the gospel in the first instance and then over time the work of Jesus will trickle into their life and will heal. We just need to announce Him. We just need to say we are doing this to bless you in Jesus' name. And once that name is planted, something grows from that name when it's planted within people. Something grows from that fruit of the Spirit when you reach out to people and you say, I see you. I see that need. I want to help. When you plant that seed of the gospel, salvations grow from that place. I'm believing it. I'm believing for healthy families. I'm believing for healthy marriages. And this, I believe that creating facilities, addressing the need for kids and families in this place to get generations one, to get foundations set firm. I'm believing if we can just address that, that lives are going to be one for Jesus, that his name will be glorified, that MacArthur's going to sit up and pay attention to Jesus. Amen? That's the heart of it all. That's what it's all about. All right, I'm wrapping it up now. Some people have challenged me saying perhaps this, is, this vision's too small. And let me tell you, I've never been accused of that before. That one shocked me. Kind of took a step back when I heard that. Perhaps the vision's too small. I don't believe that putting another level in this building is forever. I just think that's a start. That's a cross, crossing the threshold. In five years, I believe we'll be filling that. We'll be filling two services, two levels, and we'll be ready for whatever's next. Ready to grow again outside this place or next door. Ready to plant churches in Mittagong, in Campbelltown. I don't think our church stops here with us. I've said that before. Believe it. I believe we're on the threshold of a new season. I believe it's one of the most important times that this church has seen in the last five years, and we all get to be a part of it. That's exciting. We get to be a part of that. It's something I know, I know that so many of you are praying for, and I don't want to look back on life and say, what if? What if 2021 Imagine Day, we just actually went all in? If we actually did everything for Him, what could have happened? I'll get you to stand to your feet. Thank you so much, church, for coming with me on this journey. I've felt, I've felt you're like, uh, I've felt you fighting that giant with me. I've felt it. I've felt the enthusiasm, you know, and I know we're getting exhausted now because there's been a lot of energy in the place. <laughs> but I just wanted to say thank you for coming on that with me. You know, faith begins in hope, but it doesn't end in hope. Faith ends in certainty. Faith ends in certainty. Let's bless it. Let's bless this vision. Let's resource it. Forget hope. I want certainty. Forget willingness. I want eagerness. And beyond eagerness, I want desperation. Forget servants. I want to see leadership. Talking to each and every one of you. Forget just serving. Serving always has a bit of victimhood to it. You're not a victim. 
rise up. Let leadership rise up in you. Because I want to see more than just leadership. I want to see visionaries. I want to see innovation. I want to see new songs, newness. I want to see you reaching people for Jesus in ways no one ever thought was possible. No one had ever thought of before. Stuff that seems ridiculous is going to work. Next week is Giving Sunday. I hope you're amped. Please come prepared to give. Be that with cash, cards, pledges, faith, joy, generosity. Who's ready to come next week and knock the roof off this place? (laughs) Bring a sledgehammer (laughs) and a hard hat. All right, let's worship God. Let's sing a praise song.